It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. sake we got the whole team together today yeah. Jeff Saturday's in the building Shannon Sharp couple Super Bowl champs looking you done stepped out yes, New York did. City. I mean, you even got the pocket squid. Yeah, you don't look like You done stepped out a little bit. All right. Okay. okay. He didn't okay. get that off the okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I absolutely did not get that I'm confident of that. Stephen A., good morning. Good morning. We also have Pat McAfee in the building. Okay, okay. Person All right. So it's a good day. It's a family affair. Let's He's get right a, into it. You see Pat McAfee. I mean, you see him with the T-shirt off acting wild on television. He's in the conference. Room all astute and everything running. I mean, I was listen, like, "What the hell is going listen, on?" Listen, you don't make the money that man makes by accident. That's true. He knows what he's doing. Know it. I'm glad all right, knows it. coming up. Uh, let's get into this. The Jacksonville Jaguars fell to the Cincinnati Bengals, 34 to 31, on Monday Night Football in a game that saw quarterback Trevor Lawrence leave in the fourth quarter with a right ankle injury. Bengals backup quarterback Jake Browning filled in for the injured Joe Burrow in the victory. Here's Doug Peterson on losing Lawrence. I don't have any information yet on Trevor. We're still evaluating him, you know, so he'll have more, um, you know, um, tests and things done here tonight and tomorrow. So I'll probably have a better update for you tomorrow on that. We got 100% confidence in, in CJ. I mean, he did a nice job, you know, getting us down the field there and, and um, you know, tying the football game. Should have been the game-winning field goal, but it wasn't. Um, uh, but, um, you know, got a lot of confidence in CJ. And, um you know, he's, he's a veteran player. He's played a lot of football, and um, if he happens to be the guy, then, then uh, you know, we get behind him and support him. Tough news right there. The Jaguars are one of four teams in the current AFC playoff field whose starting quarterback is either done for the year or dealing with an injury, which doesn't even include Aaron Rodgers or Joe Burrow. With the Jags losing, the Dolphins enter this week as the top seed in the conference. All right, Stephen A., with all that being said, who's your pick to win the AFC right now? I'm going to roll with the Ravens. Certainly, I mean, I'm, I'm props to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, despite the loss last night, uh, you just feel for them, Trevor Lawrence. That was just a nasty injury. I just hope somehow, some way, he's going to be okay. Yeah. I appreciate Coach Peterson lying to the to the American public talking about they got the utmost confidence in C.J. Uh, uh, CJ you got a lot uh, sometimes, Steve. Two, 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 two and ten as a start. I got it. I appreciate Distance. I appreciate the lies. I appreciate the lies to the public. It makes perfect sense. I understand it. Um, but, at, but at the end of the day, I think that when we're looking at what we're looking at, we got to look at the Baltimore Ravens. And the reason I say that is because you got the number one defense in points allowed, number two in yards allowed, top two against the pass. And when you consider what everybody's throwing in your direction, it's not like you got to worry about Derrick Henry, you know, for crying out loud, running the football down your throat. Most teams that are going to try to beat you are going to try to beat you through the air as yeah. opposed to on the ground. And so when I think about Miami, when I think about Cincinnati now that they're compromised, even though Brown and played lights out last night, major, major props to him, 32 or 37, 354 yards, something. He was absolutely spectacular performance. You see Kansas City, you can't ignore them, of course, because of Patrick Mahomes with Travis Kelsey. But when you look at the most complete team in the AFC, based on the competition, based on what they're getting from the quarterback position, combining that based on what you're getting from your defense, there's no question in my mind, the Baltimore Ravens should be that team in the AFC. Let's see.
I agree with everything you said. I believe outside of the San Francisco 49ers, the Baltimore Ravens are the most complete team in football. But here's something that's going to shock you. If you look at them statistically, the Baltimore Ravens are better than the 49ers. The thing that's cost them is late-game turnovers. They clean those up. This team could easily be undefeated. But when you get Lamar Jackson, and we know they can run the football against anybody, sure. Lamar Jackson has turned himself into a better passer. So now, as long as they can, uh, Saturday and Stephen A. can avoid the late-game turnover, the late-game costly, because – all turnovers aren't created equal, ladies and gentlemen. The later the game goes, that's, the that's turnovers, true. you start to pay double. Yeah. And so if they can clean that up, because if you look at them, first in sacks, first in points allowed, second in pass defense, second in total defense, third in red zone defense is where you make your money because you make them settle for field goals, you go down and get touchdowns. The Ravens, for me, look, and I understand, I've got to see Miami do it against top competition. Yeah. I, I, I see what they did against Commanders. I see what they do against Carolina. Right. I get it, and they're fun to watch. Tyreek is having a historically great receiving For season. Sure. We know what the, uh, they can run the football with most of He has like 13, 14 touchdowns. A-Town is back. But I've got to see them do it against top-level competition. So right now, for me, my pick would be the Ravens. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Miami. <laughs> and listen, I'm I'm with you on the hand beating. I'm with you. Like like I, I agree. There's something that there's always something for that. But I will say this about them: since Ramsey got back, they're the number one defense in the league, mm -hmm. right? So so Ramsey comes back, it totally changes their defense. They are. I don't know if sneaky is the right word, a much more physical team offensively than people think they are okay. because of what you said. With Mostert, with A-Chain, like the way they can play, and then you have Hill, you have Waddle, you, you have the ability to go score and go be explosive. Mm -hmm. I think when I think about the Ravens, I think about the Ravens having to win really in one way. Right, like if the Ravens get behind, if you if if the Ravens for some reason spot a team fourteen, yeah, it's tough. It's going to be tough for them to come back, right? Like we watched, we watched Miami spot Kansas City twenty one and come back and be in that game. I know they lose twenty one fourteen, but we've seen them and they have that type of offense that can put up points in a hurry. The my concern for for Baltimore and as good as as good as I think they are, because I do think they are a, a top AFC team and one of the top two for me is I get concerned in style of play because you and I both know when you hit the playoffs, it's really about your matchup. Right. It's, it's really, it has very little to do with how good your team is on certain, but it's your matchup on it. If you get an explosive team that puts up points in a hurry, I think it's tough for the Ravens to come back from that. All that being said, I think Miami has progressively gotten better mm -hmm. through the year. You can't help who you play. And, I, and I, I mean, it is, it, you know, and the big games they played, they haven't scored the points you would want to see them mm -hmm. score. I just, for some reason, think Mike McDaniel is molding this team as the season goes on. And they're going to have – and listen, they, if they get the one seed – Playing at home is massive for them. Because of all the motion they use, because of all the way they want to split the sets, the communication is going to be vital. It's, but them getting home field is, is going to matter for them. I don't mind that, and I get that, and I'm not sleeping on Miami. Obviously, I've been uh, praising how explosive their offense is all year long. But you threw me off, Sergeant Friday, a.k.a. Jeff Saturday, a.k.a. Sergeant <laughs> Friday, when you sat up there and talked about their top-rated defense since Jalen Ramsey has come back. Jalen Ramsey came back. Weekend. For the New England Patriots game. Yeah. New England, Come on. obviously next week, Kansas City, then a bye. 
Vegas, the Jets, and the Commanders. I, Why would you even bring up that? I agree. Why listen, would you even bring it up? Listen, because <laughs> you only slick. can play who you play. That's I'm all just you saying, can do. You didn't you have to bring up the defense. And, you and their defense, up defense has played better. Their defense has played better. Well, you I mean, think? all you can do is play. The, they still That's throw. Stephen, you're looking at, look at his face. <laughs> look at his face. He, he can't even stop that. I'm just stop telling you. It, Stephen A., well, let's ask him this. Oh, yeah. Of those teams that Stephen A. just named, which one of those they're going to face in the playoffs? Not yeah, one of them. The Patriots definitely ain't going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've held Maybe teams Kansas that 10 points and still City. lost That's all three. It. But here's the thing. Right. Uh, also, is that you know once you make the playoffs, teams will take away what you do best. They will make you beat them with their, your second option. Exactly. So if running the football is what you do best, teams will gear up to stop that and make For Lamar sure. Jackson throw the football consistently. And I'm a firm believer this is what I would do. If Lamar Jackson throws the ball, Clean, have an official game, throws the ball for over 300 yards, three touchdowns. I walk to the middle of the field. Congratulations, Absolutely. Son. Keep it going. That's right. You are not going to beat me running the damn football. That's right. That's, can that's, you I, stop Lamar Jackson from running the football? Yes. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And th- th- that's, the, that's what I'm saying. That's the issue for me is the style of play that the Ravens live in. And listen, they're a great football. This is not a not. We're talking about the two best in this conference, right? So yeah. make sure everybody understands how good we think they are. But if you force him to beat you from the pocket yes. and go put up a bunch of points, especially if the other team has the lead, that's going to be the most difficult part for me. Because, again, well, if you look at Miami, you got Waddle behind Ty- Tyreek Hill, right? you got H.N., you got Mostert. Oh, you have multiple options in guys. If they're shutting out one guy, you go well, to the Baltimore, other guys. You got Gus, you got Keith Mitchell. You got, you, got, you got a couple of options. No doubt, but, but it's, it, most of it stems from the run, right? Okay. That, that, that's what I'm saying from that. I'm saying you force them to beat you with what they don't do nearly as proficiently. But what I'm going – what I'm going to do is that I'm going to force him to throw the football when I want him to throw it. Yeah. Not him going to play action off it because they have the lead running the football right. and I have to gear up to stop the run. I'm going to, you're going to throw the football when I want you to throw okay, it. Okay, that's fine. But let me ask you this. Yes. That obviously is an impediment to Baltimore's success. Isn't it up to Jim Har- John Harbaugh to figure out a way to, to – to, because that's the ingredient to stop in Baltimore. If you can keep – Lamar Jackson contained in the pocket. Yes. And he can't get I'm outside and do damage. That's how you're going to beat him. Yeah. Now, that's why he only has one playoff victory in his right. career. Right. Shouldn't John Harbaugh have figured out by now how to work around that? Well, that's Todd Munkin. Because yeah. before it was Greg Roman. Now it's Todd Munkin's responsibility okay. to make sure of that. But And they have developed their receivers better. Yes, this year, yes. Sure. I love Zay Flowers. O- OBJ is playing a yep. lot better. Yes, so they have multiple. They, yeah, I, I agree with that part. If you look at the game in which they lost to, a, I think their first playoff game, they lost to the Tennessee Titans. He played phenomenal. But what did he do? He turned the ball over. Mm-hmm. He had over 500 yards right. of total offense, right. but he turned the ball over. You turn the ball over in the playoffs, you pay double. Yeah. yeah, let me ask you this. So Shannon mentioned the Ravens might be better than the Niners. Statistically, they are. He said statistically, but I don't think oh, anybody's not, better than the Niners. No, no. You're not saying – when you were saying that, you're not saying as a team – no, no, no. I would not. If, if they went head to head, I'm taking the 49ers. Yeah. Okay. Now, obviously, that couldn't happen until the Super Bowl. That's right. But if, but I've seen the 49ers, and I and I saw the Ravens. I saw the Ravens take apart the Lions. Oh, I saw them take them. apart Seattle. Yeah, they beat. The but when you people. when you take apart Dallas and you take apart the Eagles, and I think we think both of those teams are better than the Lions and the Seahawks, and in the fashion in which they did it. Yeah. Now, right now, I think uh, the 49ers are the best team in football. 
followed by the well, can't get you know, Stephen A. Yeah, don't, don't you try know, to help. He, yeah, because he's trying to get a Stephen A. He's trying to get a Stephen A. He ain't got his list together. Don't be giving no help on the list. I got my list. Yeah, list been turned in. Yeah, yeah. I got it. A matter of fact, a matter of fact, you make changes. If we saw you make changes, but I made. I was honest about it. I mean, I made it right in front of you. I didn't do it slickly. But I'm not gonna make it this time. I'm not gonna make it this time. And not only that, I'm guaranteeing that if Jeff Saturday, aka Sergeant Friday, is objective, is objective and fair, which he is not most of the time. If he's objective and fair, I'm gonna get an A with the A list this this, this week. I'm gonna get an A. What I, think I, about this I, week? I can guarantee. You. I but, guarantee. But, but Saturday, my grading system is fluid. It's fluid. fluid. Mm. It's fluid. No, 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 no. Watch it. It's fluid. Okay. It's fluid. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Not Time good. for a quick take right now, guys. To the NBA we go. The Pelicans beat the Kings in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament, 127-117. They were led by Brandon Ingram scoring 30. Stephen A., what would it mean for the Pelicans if they won this tournament? Well, I think it would mean a lot from the standpoint of just sending a message that you're coming and you're shooting for something. We we all know that when Zion Williamson is healthy and on the court, how formidable they are as a team. They've got young lions. They've got thoroughbreds on their squad. They've got size. They've got shooting. They've got veteran leadership in C.J. McCollum, mm -hmm. who's now back and we wish him nothing but the best after his health scare. We see, and, and obviously Willie Green has proven he can coach. I Absolutely. love, I love Absolutely. what I'm seeing from Willie Green, yeah. and, and he's a young coach, only getting better and better every day. It's about Zion, and if Zion can stay healthy, the Pelicans can make some noise within the Western Conference. I mean, my man Tim Legley knows that. <laughs> hey, Tim, great to have you. Hello, Let's good to be here. we got yeah. more NBA to dive time. into with this in-season tournament. So the Pacers took down the Celtics 122-112 in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament behind 26 points, 10 rebounds, 13 assists from Tyrese Halliburton. The triple-double was the first of Halliburton's career. Tyrese, talk to me. First half, I was dead. Um, but again, medical staff did a really good job. Got me an inhaler at halftime. Um, and I was able to breathe in the second half, so I felt better. But, you know, I feel like they got two elite shot makers, but I feel like I'm an elite shot maker as well, so we're just training buckets right there. You know, I just saw some daylight, saw some space, put it up. Uh, he followed me and he went in. Well, I know in his confidence, uh, we feed off of that. So when he's starting to make shots, you know, he's jumping around, he's getting the crowd involved, the energy just starts, it's infectious, right? Like everybody starts to, to feel it. Now we're a little bit more amped up and whatnot. And um, like you alluded to it, I see this all the time, man. This is nothing special to me. It's, I see this guy do this countless times since he's been here. And um, I know he's going to continue to do it in the future. All right, now, Stephen, you felt a certain way about Halliburton, so here's what you posted after the Knicks did not draft him. This was back in 2020. Take a listen. Damn, damn, damn! Topping is showtime. It's box office. In the open court, watching him dunk. I get it. But how many forwards can you have if you're the New York Knicks? How many forwards can you have? I needed a guard. Halliburton is seven, seven foot wingspan. About six, 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 seven can shoot, can handle, can defend. IQ. My initial reaction, to be honest, is damn, damn. <laughs> All right. It was a bad moment. You nailed it. It was a bad moment. Nailed it. I picked up the phone, Shannon, and obviously I know a few members of the Knicks. Right. 
I called them personally. I was literally arguing. I ain't going to say no names. They know who they are. I was arguing with them. Draft Halliburton. You got Julius Randle. Right. You ain't going to play Obi Toppin but so much. I know the brother's a Skywalker, but damn it, that's not what you need. Right. You need Halliburton. Ladies and gentlemen, there's only two players in the NBA that are averaging 25 points and 10 assists a game. Halliburton's one of them. Trey Young's the other. The brother is I'm, – I'm just looking at some of these numbers here. This is unbelievable just watching this kid do this thing right now. Shoot 52% from the field, 45% from three-point range, 88% from the free-throw line. Leads the NBA with 11.9 persists a game and is third in the league behind Steph Curry and Luka Doncic with 68 three-pointers three made this season. The brother is spectacular. The Pacers are averaging over 128 points a game. And they're third in the league at three-point shooting at 38.8%. And that dude is the reason why – and he could have been the New York Knicks. <laughs> just go ahead, y'all. Kings, <laughs> the Kings lost this one, Les. I understand you got a big guy with some bonus to play pick and roll with, with De'Aaron Fox, but he ain't Halley. Halley legit. Uh, he legit. Okay, so let me ask you this. Does he have a case to be the top point guard in the NBA? I, and we got to see it. because Hold on. This was only his second national televised game, That's his true. first TNT game. Yeah. We, the other guys, we've seen do it on the big stage. We've seen Steph Curry. Right. We've seen Dame Lillard do it on the biggest of stages. He's going to have to continuously do what he's been doing. But as of right now, oh, dude, like you said, even though he box office. The guy can handle the ball. He can finish at the rack. He can shoot the three. He can pull up a mid-range. Now, they don't play no defense. Right. They're devoid of defense. Right. They got the, they, I've never seen this kind of disparity. When you this high up offensively rating yep. and your defense is in the toilet. They are terrible. But the third quarter is when they get separation. You remember uh, in 2016, 2016, the uh, Golden State Warriors had the highest offensive rating. I think they were 123. In the third quarter, the Pacers are 131.7. Yeah. But their defense is 200.3. That's why they're winning games 157, 152, 141. They don't care. They don't care. They ain't giving up 125 a game. Go ahead, Tim. Boston allowed Indiana to get into their flow in the mm. third quarter. Like At halftime, it looked like Boston had them contained. Right. And you're saying if this is going to be played at this pace, they can't beat the Celtics. But that's right. not what happened in the second half, and it's because of Halliburton. It, the question Which is, pace. what's this dude's ceiling? This guy has the ceiling of being an all-league guard, like first-team, all-NBA type player. But to your point, in order to get that, the team success has to be there. That's true. We don't know yet what that's going to mean for Tyrese Halliburton going forward with this group. I will say this. This isn't a 128-point-a-game roster. No. It's because of Tyrese Halliburton that they're putting up those kind of numbers. Here's, here's, I guess, how I would define him. He's a guy that plays with an incredible amount of flair but also is efficient. Stephen A. mentioned the shooting splits. If this guy averages you know, 25, 26 points a game, 11 assists on 50, 40, 90 shooting splits, you're that's talking a, about a, something that's unprecedented in the history of the league. Like That's, that's how good that season would be. Mm-hmm. He also is a guy that's capable of making passes that only a few guys in his league are capable of making. Right. It's LeBron, it's Luka, and it's Jokic. He's in that class because of his height, vision, his ability to get the ball from one side of the floor to the other, like on a rope, because right. mm-hmm. he can see everything. He's got great anticipation. The IQ's off the charts. You hear him speak after the games. Everything yes. he says is purposeful and meaningful. Yep. He's a leader. Yes, he is. Guys are gravitating toward him. He's obviously like puts on a show with what he does with his passing. And you saw that cry. I mean, and that, and, that, and that game last night meant so much. That I mean, it's it, it's what the in-season tournament was supposed to be about, and you right. saw yes. it last night in terms of that atmosphere. It was yeah. fantastic. Indiana Pacers have seven players averaging 13 or more per game. Seven. And eight averaging 10. 
I mean, I'm looking at this right now. No, they don't play no damn defense. No question about it. But you know what? It's like they like the Loyola Marymount of the, uh, back in the day in yeah. the NBA. It's well, like Hank the, we just did that. Hank gathers, God rest his soul, the whole bit, right? They just coming at you that way. But again, on most nights, they're going to have something to say right. because they're going to score and they're purposeful with it. They're like, we, okay, we can't stop y'all. Can you stop us? Yeah, think about you this. Stop us. Think about who Halley did that against. That's Holiday. That's, right. yeah. that's Holiday that's locked yeah, up spun, on He spun him around twice on a step back three. I don't think I've ever seen Drew Holiday no. you know, miss that badly on a one-on-one coverage yeah. where he but literally spun the opposite shot. direction. Halliburton's jump shot. Yeah. Yeah. Ugly. No, like it's, awkward. it's quirky. And it's like, it's like because of it, you're like thinking, no, yeah. no. And then you just, you just watch it go up. You're like, damn. You know, this keeps going in. But it's nice. It's yeah. nice to see. They're exciting. They really are. They're very, they're very exciting. Um, do I think in a seven-game series they can beat a Boston or right. they can beat no. a Milwaukee or something like that? I do not. But anybody else? But they the are East. absolutely fun to watch because they're going to force you to play a pace that I don't know if you can match for four quarters because they're getting up and down. That's right. You said it. You said it. It's Boston and Milwaukee. We all agree. They're on a collision course. We, we let's expect let's those. It's another piece. Philadelphia's look. Philadelphia's, but I think they're on that, like, that next tier. If they get a Zach Levine. We're talking about with Indiana. Right. Who's going to grab that next space? Like, is it, is it Miami? Is it the Knicks? Is it the Cavaliers? Indiana? Because Orlando. Because of how difficult they are to guard Orlando with a great start. <laughs> if I need to see longer stretch out Because I'm still, I'm still shocked right now. I am too. At Orlando's record. Looking at their roster. But I'm going to give them all the credit in the world. Let, let's just revisit that mid-January. Okay. Let's see where they are a That's month true. from now, six weeks from now. Right. Um, but here's the thing. With, with Indiana and with Tyrese Halliburton, he has given this team so much confidence. When they run out onto the floor, mm-hmm. they're carrying themselves like we got the best dude on the court tonight. Yeah. And when you when you do that, like you're so empowered if you're a role player on that roster because not only is he spectacular, he makes you better. If he was just hitting, if he was just scoring, Shannon, right. Tim, like that would be different. Yeah. But when you see that the brother is averaging nearly 12 assists yes. per game and yeah, leading the sure. league, now you're excited because not only is he spectacular in your eyes, you're like he's going to feed right. you. Yes. He's it, it, part of his success is is making you look right. better. Yeah. Which is yeah. what I saw. Yeah. When you nailed 20, that. 20 when the Knicks should have drafted him. Yeah. Do you realize if they drafted him, as much we we love Jalen Brunson now. Thank God for Jalen Brunson, but. If they had drafted him, they wouldn't have needed that $104 million for Jalen Brunson. And, and, and maybe they could have went all in and not tried to bluff Danny Ainge with Donovan Mitchell. And if you had Donovan Mitchell with Halliburton, you beat Miami in the semifinals oh, yeah. last yeah. year. Am I lying? No. no. Am I lying? No. no. That's what could have been. That's what I'm talking Go ahead. I mean, but you got Jalen Brunson. You got a, yeah, uh, you got a, yeah. you got a. We all-star. need more than him. Yeah. But, but Halley can be a, like you said, an All NBA. There's a yeah. difference between All Star and All NBA. Right. Yep. Uh, he can become the first player to average 25 points, 10 assists, 50 percent shooting in a season. He keeps it up. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day, and you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one... 
The majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ. Jack Leonard, a three-time Pro Bowler with the Indianapolis Colts, has agreed to terms on a one-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. Leonard visited with the Eagles on Wednesday after he initially visited with the Dallas Cowboys on Tuesday. He's decided to go with first-place Philadelphia for the stretch run as the reigning NFC champions look for a Super Bowl return. Leonard has missed 15 games over the last two seasons, but 14 of them came last year as he dealt with a back injury. The former Colt was named first-team All-Pro in three of his first four seasons as only Bobby Wagner had more tackles than him during that stretch. Meanwhile, Jerry Jones had this to say this morning about the Eagles and Niners. Jerry. Do I think that we have a chance to beat either one of those teams when we play them? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, we can. And I think we've got an outstanding chance here Sunday against Philadelphia. And I think it won't be the same game when we play uh, uh, any of these teams the second time. It never is because they've got great players, both teams, San Francisco and Philadelphia. They've got outstanding players. They've got great coaching. Uh, But, guys, we do too. Mm, bigger threat right now, Cowboys or Eagles, Shay Shay? Really? Really. Now, one team came to San Francisco, got beat down 42-10. The other team, the 49ers, took their show on the road, beat them down. And Jalen Hurst had 196 yards. All that little, that little 19, that little extra little points that they got late in the ball game, that's cleanup. And Jerry talking about, oh, it's never the same. Jerry, they beat you three times. They beat you to the playoff two years ago, beat you to the playoff last year, and they beat you down this year. They like Debo, beat you down, beat them down too. <laughs> don't the facts stand the way of a good story, Shannon. I mean, guys, this is really hard because I don't think either one of these teams, <laughs> you if know. you play the four, if they play the 49ers again, I don't believe either team, honestly, God honest truth, I don't believe either team can beat the 49ers. That's how good the 49ers are. And I understand how well Dak is throwing the football. But they can't beat the 49ers. And the Eagles, they're too, they too weak on the back end. They're too weak on the back end. But if you make me pick and that's what we do on this show, I'll take the Cowboys just because. But I don't think either team, being, being honest, can beat the 49ers. Right now, I feel the same way that you do, but I will say this. If I had to pick one of the teams, it would be the Cowboys. 
I think wow. they have a better shot, believe it or not, in all fairness. I mean, I'm not going to troll them today. I'll save it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. gonna, but, but, but here's what I'm looking at. Dak Prescott's last four starts against the Eagles, 3-1 and one record, 38.8 points per game. Mm-hmm. Okay? 74% completions, 14 t- TD passes, just two turnovers. <laughs> I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about Philly going into Dallas this week, and I'm thinking about Philly having three games in 13 days. I'm thinking about them getting beat up and being tired, and I can see them losing this game if they lose the division because right now the momentum is on Dallas' side, not Philadelphia, in my humble opinion. Because of that, I could see Dallas winning the division. If you win the division and you have home field advantage, at least – you know, until you go against San Francisco, unless you get the number one overall seed, let's just hypothetically say they could get the number one seed with their offense. We know, we know what they do defensively because defensively, when you look at the Eagles right now, total defense, they were ranked number two last year. Second-ranked defense, they're 23rd now. Yeah. Scoring yeah. defense, 24th now. Pass defense, 29th, allowing 278 pass yards per game. You just look at the Eagles right now, and they're a shell of what they once were defensively. Yeah. Offensively, I believe in A.J. Brown. I believe in Dante Smith. They don't have Dallas got But they can't run else. the ball like but they could last year. I understand that, but I like Swift. I like Swift. I like, I like Swift and Gamewell. And I think they could do some things. I wouldn't sleep on them. The issue is Dallas got it being out, not yeah. for having that reliable weapon. He's going to be back. In spot. And then on top of it all, we hope that he's going to be back healthy enough to do what he can do. But then defensively, they're just too shallow right now. I got concerns about the Eagles. Right, I'm going to disagree with y'all. Here's the thing. I think we're prisoners of the moment at times Mm -hmm. this Eagles team played a bad game against San Francisco right and here's why I would say it was a bad game they have two drives in the first half right they could have been up 14 nothing Mm -hmm. okay so you and I both know 14 nothing looks totally different for that San Francisco offense than six to nothing so they can get back in the game a totally different way they get to the halftime what is it 13-6 in that halftime score And then they get boat race the second half. That's the, th- that's the three games in 13 days issue, in my opinion. Because you have seen Philadelphia be much more physical mm-hmm. than it was against San Francisco in that second half. Okay. So I would say this. If I had to pick, I'm going to pick the Eagles. And I'm going to say it because of it. They find ways to win. And they find ways to win against really good teams. Let's not forget, they beat the Dolphins. They beat the Cowboys that y'all are talking about. Mm-hmm. They beat the Chiefs and the Bills. Okay? And the Bills scored 30-whatever points. And Josh Allen is an absolute beast, converting third and longs all over the place. They played a poor game. They gave up explosive plays. I talked about it before on SportsCenter when we were going the week. The problem for the, for the 49ers, or I mean for the Eagles, was they are so many, so many weapons that San Fran has, whether it's Debo, Ayuk, whether it's McCaffrey, uh, whether it's Kittle. There's so many different ways they can hit you. And what happened was you saw the snowball getting speed, and then they just they took the top of it off. You know, Debo scores two basic pitches over the middle. One, he takes yards. One's a screen, he takes yards. But when you think about Philadelphia, don't underestimate this team will find ways. And by the way, their defensive edges played poorly against San Fran. They got way too vertical or deep in the backfield, which gave them way too much, too many opportunities to put their foot in the ground and get north and south. They won't do that again. Their defense, and you said the biggest point, their defense has struggled. They've struggled in third downs to get off the field. They've struggled. They struggled against San Fran. But it's fixable. They tackle better against that team in San Fran. It looks different. They, they are a better, to me, mm-hmm. they are a better roster than Dallas. Okay, yeah. fine. They are a better roster. Fine, but so if me, they play to their potential, they're the biggest threat but to let San me, Fran. I, I'm talking. And by the way, San Fran's better than let, everybody. Let, let me ask mm-hmm. it. San Fran's better than everybody. 
Let's talk for a second about what kind of effect the beatdown has on the team, okay. like the Eagles. Dallas is different. You get beat down, you get beat down. Okay, we fine, but you are what like you are. Argument. But you are what you are. With the Philadelphia Eagles, because they had been, you know, double-digit deficits coming back four consecutive games, eventually you knew something was going to come back and bite them, and it was the San Francisco 49ers. But because of what I just highlighted about their defensive deficiencies compared to last year, right. when you couple that with the beatdown that they just experienced, what kind of effect does that have on the Eagles moving forward? I think it's actually positive. I think think it's going to be exactly what happened to Dallas, right? You look yourself in the mirror and go, hey, man, we've been living on a razor-thin edge for way too long. we got to get back to fundamentals and basics of what we do. Philly, we're going to have to use disguise more. We can't show up and play San Fran and just think that we're going to be better than them and line up and let them know exactly what we're going to do. They can read our mail, and we think we can just go compete. Let's do something a little bit different. If you're Philly, you understand you got to you got to make things happen in the red zone. You actually have to convert those touchdowns early in the game to give yourself that lead to make San Fran play. Let me ask you this. If, you're going to be, if you give me a formula to beat San Francisco and they've lost three games, what is the formula? The formula is to make Brock Purdy – beat you from the pocket and go through. You can't let them be dual threat, which they were against Philly all day, and think you're going to stop them because they're going to make mincemeat out of your your, your linebacker. So at some point, you got to make them play to their second level. And right now, Philly or Dallas couldn't do that. Well, the thing is that the 49ers didn't let Philly off the hook. When they got the ball into the red zone, they punched the ball into the end zone. Absolutely. The problem that Philly has, especially to the team, and I wouldn't be surprised if Dak didn't throw the ball for 400 yards. They gave up 397 to Sam Howell. They gave up 374 to Dak. They gave up 330-plus to Josh Allen. They just gave up 330-plus to Brock Purdy. Yeah. And that's in a span of five weeks. The only guy that didn't light him up was Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So let that sink in. They're back in. There ain't nobody. EA ain't coming back. There's right. nobody that's coming back that can help them get out of that phone. And if, if the Cowboys play their absolute best, if the Eagles play their absolute best, and the 49ers play their best, 49ers beating all both of those teams Agreed. by at least 10 points. That's how good the 49ers are. That's how balanced they are because they can run it better than both of those teams and their playmakers are better than both of those teams. And and motivation matters. I mean, I think when we look at it, and I brought this up a few days ago, I keep bringing it up because I don't think it can be understated. They believe how many teams, nobody in NFL history lost four quarterbacks in the same season. Oh, no. They 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 did. They went into the NFC Championship game, and they had to play the last three quarters without a quarterback. That's right. They believed they should have been in the Super Bowl. They showed up in Philadelphia. They chirped. They talked smack. Coming in, walked into the Lincoln Financial Field. Everybody dressed in black. We coming for a funeral. Yep. Showed up on the field, shoved Eagle players around before <laughs> yeah. the game. Yeah. I, they did everything yeah. you could possibly do to a just just Fight with the, security just, guards, just all to yeah, yeah. somebody, <laughs> yeah, and then went out on the field. And, and as and you say, it. boat race. Real quick, yeah. Shannon, can I just one yes. thing? Shaq Leonard, the addition. Yeah. What, what type of difference will he make? <sighs> I think he helped some, some uh, in, in, in the run game. But the question is, how much has that back surgery taken out of him? Yeah. Mm. Because he clearly he's not the same player the last two years he was his first three years. Yeah. And so that's the thing. If you, and plus, one more thing on the Cowboys. Look at what the 49ers, how they neutralized Michael Parsons. Yeah. Have we ever heard his name called when he faced the 49ers? Mm. They do a great job of neutralizing him. They change his eye levels, and next day he thinks he's going here, and here come Debo with the reverse. Yeah.
Yeah, they do. A, listen, they do a great job. I will say this about Shaq Leonard, though. He, from from my time with him in Indy and the conversation, about, he is an he is a super intelligent football player. He diagnoses extremely well. Like I can, I can remember sitting in there. He wasn't even playing because he had had the surgery. But on the sideline and in the meeting rooms, this guy reads and diagnoses offensive plays as well as anybody I've ever been around. His length in his arms, yeah. like the span that this guy plays with, balls over the middle, like his coverage ability because he understands route concepts, where guys, he is going to be a big plus. My, my concern is – Physically, can he play? You know, how many plays can he give you? Right. He obviously thinks he can give you a lot more than what the Colts believed. But when you think about his ability, this guy could be a significant game changer because the middle of the field with, with that dude when he's playing, he creates more turn- turnovers with punches and interceptions of any linebacker that I've been around. And I've been around some good ones. And I'm just telling you, that dude is a difference maker. Right. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. To the NBA we go. Even though James Harden is now in L.A. with the Clippers, the beef between Sixers president of basketball operations Daryl Morey and Harden continues post-breakup. So in an interview with The Athletic, Harden was asked if he was actually told by the Sixers that he had a max deal coming. Harden said he did, and when specifically asked if that was said by Daryl Morey, his response was, yes, yes. Okay. Tim. You're up first, my friend. All right. Uh, Does this change the narrative for you on Harden? Well, uh, yes and no, and here's what I mean by that. Yes from the standpoint of 
that was wrong on the part of Daryl Morey if he made that promise. Right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're a GM and you make that kind of promise to a player, you got to honor okay. that. Okay, so, so from that standpoint, yes. But here's the thing. I never really had a problem with James Harden like forcing his way out. I don't really judge guys too much by that anyway, to be honest with you. That's been going on since the beginning of time. Guys do that occasionally. So I didn't have a problem with that. Here's why I say the no part of did it change the narrative. Mm-hmm. For me, it didn't because I don't think he deserved max money. Duh. He didn't deserve max money. I would not have paid James Harden max money, particularly, and this is where Daryl Moore got ahead of himself. You made the promise before you saw the way James Harden was going to play in the playoffs. And by the way, you had seen it the year before, actually against Miami, but it was much worse in the Boston series. And, and people that want to defend James Harden will point to games one and four. What about games one and four? All right, all right, there's seven games in that series. Yeah. In the other five games, besides one and four, he actually had more turnovers than made field goals. More turnovers than made field goals for your starting point guard and really the most important player on your team offensively because he's got the ball the entire time. When you look at his track record in big spots, I would not have paid James Harden max money. So it doesn't change the narrative for me that, oh, I can't believe he didn't get that because that's what he deserved and Daryl Morey made the promise. No, I wouldn't have given it to him. I think Daryl Morey made a mistake by promising him that. Now, look, maybe you can't even get James Harden in the first place. If, if you don't tell him that coming in and he forces his way out of Brooklyn, comes to Philadelphia, I understand that. That's part of the game. But he didn't deserve it. And here's the biggest key. They're better without him. They are better since they've moved on from James Harden. Tyrese Maxey has given them a, a spirit. He's given Joel Embiid an energy. He's given that team a confidence. And you think he is going to show up when they need him to, to whatever that is, first round, second round, conference finals. Mm-hmm. You don't think that Tyrese Maxey's a guy that's going to kind of run from the light. He's unflappable. He's going to bounce back. He's too confident, even if he has a bad night. So they're better off. So, no, I'm not going to sit there and, and now all of a sudden sympathize with James Harden, Stephen A., and say, oh, you know, let, let's, let's you know, have a pity party for James Harden because he didn't get the money that Daryl Morey promised him. I'm not going to go there. Good, because neither am I. Stephen A., my grandfather used to say all the time, boy, promises are like pie crust, thin and easily broken. <laughs> Nah, bro. I agree with everything he said. James Harden was not a max player anymore. I I paid James Harden max money based on what he did in the past. Now I'm giving you max money based on what I believe you'll be in the future. And then James Harden, how big a fool you got to be? I'm not giving no billionaire no $15 million back. That's your first mistake. It was giving money back. Oh, you give us some money back. We'll be able to go. That ain't my problem. I'm a player. You're the general manager. You figure out where you're going to get $15 $15 million or $30 million from in order to bring other pieces around Joel Embiid and myself. That's not my responsibility. But what? after watching you play, you think I'm about to give you $40, $45 million for another three, four years, James Harden? No, bro. I paid you for what you've done in the past. I don't pay you based on what you've done in the past because you already got that money. I'm paying you moving forward based on what I believe you can do and what you will be. And based on that, on what I saw, yeah, he could have a moment. But you know this, Legs, this is what happens as you start to get older. Those moments that you normally have on a regular occasion, you don't have them quite as often. They don't come with the same regularity. Take it from someone that was a pretty good player in the NFL, and as I started to get older, Stephen A., I couldn't summon it up like I once could over and over and over again. I have one game in September and wouldn't have another good game until late October. 
That's James Harden. And so what they did, and he got, he got the Clippers because uh, uh, had heard Ty Lue the other day. That's the James Harden we know. How often do you think you're going to see that? You think you're going to see that two, three times a week? It's not. So I do not sympathize with James Harden. Yeah, oh, Daryl Moore. T- People lied, James. You lied. Remember you told Tim and Fatina you wanted to be there? End up in Brooklyn. Remember you told Brooklyn you wanted to be there? End up in Philly. Remember? <laughs> That's what you do. You lie. They lied. You lied. Everybody got lied to. Even Swap ain't no swindle. <sighs> Both of y'all are completely right. But I still feel bad for Harden in this regard. <clears throat> Rather than talk about Harden for a second, let's have a conversation about Daryl Morey. Okay. Daryl Morey, what was he until he got James Harden? Think about what James Harden did for his career. Yes. Think about what James Harden did in Houston. Now, granted, no championship, no NBA finals, five trips to you know, the semis, two, tip, two trips to the conference finals, wet the bed on a couple of occasions we thought he didn't show up, a couple of occasions we thought he gave up, no doubt about it. All of that's true. Shannon, Tim, can't deny it. But – You're thinking business from the standpoint of an organization. I'm thinking a direct individual relationship between two people, Daryl Morey and James Harden. James Harden didn't say a word about Josh Harris. Josh Harris is the owner. Josh Harris could snap his fingers and say, I want to give you the max. He damn sure didn't say that. Tillman Fertitta could have brought him back to the Rockets. He made you doking them. They didn't want to. He say nothing about them. Okay, Brooklyn and how chaotic that situation was. Even Kyrie is lamenting what might have been and what could have been with him, KD, and James Harden. James Harden didn't say nothing about Brooklyn. James Harden has said nothing about no one but one man, and that's Daryl Morey. Now, I like Daryl, but the fact of the matter is Daryl hasn't been made to really, really answer those questions. Did you lie to that man? Did you look that man in the face and tell him ahead of time when you asked him to help you give us this money so we could go out and get these players, okay? Did you ask him to do that? Did you do it by making this promise? Because that does matter. And what I'm saying is it doesn't matter if you're the Sixers. It doesn't matter if you're the Rockets. It doesn't matter if you're the Clippers or the Brooklyn Nets. But it does matter if it's you. I got a direct relationship with you where I can literally look at myself and talk about how responsible I am for elevating you to a point where you could depart from Houston like a thief in the night and end up with the Philadelphia 76ers. They didn't need you. They had Elton Brand. I contend that if Elton Brand was still running the show for the Sixers instead of Daryl Morey, you wouldn't have had a Ben Simmons problem. I don't believe that. I don't believe you would have had some of the problems that you had in Philadelphia because Elton Brand had ingratiated himself with those players. Daryl Morey, and I respect the hell out of him. I truly do. I'm not throwing shade on him. I'm just speaking facts here. He is known for catering to stars and ignoring others. And James Harden was that star. And he manufactured that into something great for himself. It is, there's no defense of James Harden's performance on the court. You ain't getting them from me. No doubt, especially what he's capable of compared to what he showed. But when you talk about this individual relationship with that man, a man you looked out for, a man you may sacrifice, who may sacrifice for you too, by the way, got you got Dwight Howard, CP3, Russell Westbrook, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. They got rid of him when you wanted to get rid of him. Daryl Morey did a lot for James Harden too. But James Harden did a lot for him. Asking for honesty and not being lied to 
is not too much to yeah. ask from that man. How would how would they, James Harden would have received it coming from Daryl Morey? Yeah, James, you're not worth the max, bro. I get it. Then you got to you got to man up as Daryl Morey and say so. You got to man up and say so, I, which I you would have done, that. Shannon. For sure. I, 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 listen, I will give you credit for this. I think, I think this is the only place right here, looking at it right now, that can elicit sympathy for him based on the fact that he's this said. way out of three situations. The yeah. only thing I'm saying. I know. I'm only and, talking and, about the relationship. And that's, that's what, what I, that's that's what what I started off at first. I said, I do change the narrative in that way. He shouldn't have lied to him if you got to honor your commitment if you yeah. made a promise. He's been traded four times the most by a former NBA, uh, MVP mm. in NBA history. 